Hello and welcome to the Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're once again looking to Berlin. Germany held its federal elections back on the 26th of September. As we heard in our preview of the vote just a few weeks ago, historically, Germany's elections have not been a major concern for investors, as the electoral system favours stability and evolution. While this remains the case, the balance of political power in German politics seems to be shifting. Certainly, the election delivered a result that was much closer than opinion polls had predicted, with the SPD winning the most votes, just ahead of the CDU-CSU bloc by a very small margin. The Greens polled worse than expected, as did the left-wing Die Linke party, making a coalition of left-leaning parties unviable. Attention now turns to coalition talks, which are likely to take weeks, maybe even months. So what does the outcome mean for investors and to what extent will a protracted period of coalition building shape or reshape the investment agenda? Today we're once again hearing from two experts from UBS Global Wealth Management. It's the very same gents who looked ahead to the election a couple of weeks ago, Maximilian Kunkel and Dean Turner. Dean's an economist in the UBS Global Wealth Management CIO here in London. And Dean, let me come to you first of all. Welcome back again. Uh, Dean, it was a mere matter of weeks ago. We spoke with you, we spoke with your colleague Max Kunkel, and we looked ahead at the elections and different possible scenarios. Here we are, only a few days actually after the federal election itself. What do you make of the outcome? In a sense, more questions than answers perhaps. Um, you took the words right out of my mouth there, Tom. Uh, more questions than answers is uh, is my initial reaction to this result. I think um, you know the the closeness of the result clearly took many by surprise. Although it has to be said, although the polls were showing a lead for the SPD, this was within a margin of error, so it shouldn't have come as that much of a surprise. The one area where we did get some clarity, though, is the the left parties, uh, Delinka and the Greens did underperform compared to what the polls were saying previously. And that very fact means that a left-wing coalition, let's say, of uh, which would have been the SPD, the Green Party and uh, Delinka, doesn't look mathematically possible now. So one of the possible coalition options and arguably one of the options that the markets would have been most uh, most sensitive to doesn't look likely now. Nadine, one of the kind of narratives actually that we reflected upon as we previewed the vote was the fact that, you know, in a sense for investors, you know, historically the elections, they're not a major cause for concern. It's a system with some sort of inbuilt stability, if, if you like. Do you think that the fact that we have continual uncertainty, both in terms of the makeup of the coalition and what that will look like, does that change that narrative? Or in a sense, does it sort of underscore that point once again? I think it probably underscores that uh, that narrative because you know looking at the possible coalition outcomes following the result there isn't really going to be a great deal between the various governments in terms of major policy objectives over the next uh, three or four years so with that in mind you know this kind of um, stability argument has if anything has actually been uh, reinforced well, yeah, and to the point about policies, I mean, I guess you know the direction of fiscal policy going forwards, particularly in this strange kind of you know post Merkel environment, will be interesting, and watchers will be looking out for you know hints as to how does climate change get addressed, or the you know increasing digitalization of the economy, this sort of thing. Whatever the the, the colours of this coalition, though, Dean, do you think that it's likely that? 
whoever is part of that coalition, they'll be looking to accelerate investment in those areas. And consequently, certain assumptions that investors and other market watchers will be making around those trends, some of these key secular trends, actually, that we talk about being of broader interest for investors across the board, it's still relevant. And in point of fact, it doesn't matter so much what the detail, what the exact balance of that government is, those things will still be very relevant. I think that's very fair. Um, look, what one thing seems almost certain, and obviously um, we could say no, nothing is certain in the end, but one thing that seems almost certain is that uh, the Green Party will be in the next government. They've very clearly stated they want to be part of, uh, of, of the next government, whether that's led by the uh, SPD or the CDU-CSU. And, you know, by the very fact that, uh, that they will be in government means that we will see much greater focus on green issues, and this will drive investment in that area. On the fiscal side as well, you know, all parties are looking for greater fiscal investment and a lot of that fiscal investment will go into areas such as fiscalisation. You know, it's a well-flagged problem that Germany has been lagging its peers over the last uh, few years in terms of digitisation. So we expect to see uh, a lot of focus there. And again, you know, I would emphasise that this will be coming, whoever leads the next government, whether it's an SPD led by uh, led by Schultz or CDU led by Armin Laschet or, or another if, uh, if, if, if Laschet decides to, uh, to step down. So those are two key areas that, uh, that we are going to see much greater uh, focus on over the life of this parliament and certainly an area where we believe investors should be increasingly positioning towards. And again, did I mean, I don't want to sort of make links where there perhaps aren't any. But, you know, if, if investors say, or I don't know whether you have clients or conversations with colleagues about you know, the euro, for example, and do people say, look, you know, oh, well, is it reasonable to expect potentially a bounce, even just in the shorter term, whether that's because, you know, there's an anticipation of more growth oriented fiscal policy at home or or just an, an underscoring of pro-European biases? Is that sort of unhelpful to look at that or is it kind of a, a, something that's worth considering? Well, I think one of the interesting things in the immediate post-leaders uh, debate was the complete lack of focus on uh, on European issues. And, you know, this has been a theme throughout the campaign, quite frankly, a reluctance to speak uh, uh, very loudly about European issues. But, you know, being no doubt that Germany, you know, whatever government comes out of this election, Germany will remain at the forefront of, of, of Europe and, and will remain a key member of that. Now, when it comes to the questions around further European integration, my sense is that there could be some reluctance in some parts of the coalition to go significantly further. But, you know, there will be incremental progress on European integration. It might be a little bit quicker if you get um, if you, if you get an SPD-led government than perhaps a CDU-led government. But then again, you know, let's not get carried away. We're not at the stage yet where we're talking about Germany is going to agree to Europe bonds or we're going to have a full fiscal union within the life of the next parliament. Every step will be incremental as it has been pretty much always when it comes to when it comes to Europe. And that isn't really going to change whoever whoever leads the next government. So, you know, bringing that back in terms of what it means for the euro, well, our sense is that, you know, questions around the long term viability of the Europe isn't really a key question 
that investors are focusing on right now. What investors are more focused on is where monetary policy is heading. And although fiscal policy is going to get a little bit looser in Germany, that's not going to be enough to lift the, the inflation outlook for the eurozone more widely. So with that in mind, you know, we, we still think that the European Central Bank will be at the back of the pack when it comes to um, exiting emergency measures. And that's arguably something that's going to weigh on the euro as we go through the next uh, the next 12 months or so. Uh, and Dean, perhaps finally, I already mentioned this idea that, you know, Germany, in terms of, you know, recent history, the federal elections sort of tend to deliver stability. And I read a sort of tongue in cheek piece in, a, I think it was in the UK presses about, oh, you know, the German elections, they're always so boring. And then there was a pause and it said, you know, what, would, what wouldn't we all give uh, to have a system as, as predictable as that? And in a sense, it is something right that markets and investors actually rather like a boring, you know, boring politics is good politics in terms of taking some of the jeopardy and risk out. Well, I think from a market perspective, uh, it's always been the case that markets don't like surprises. <laughs> That's when we always see the largest moves. And, you know, the chances on getting a, a very large surprise from this election was always quite low, unlike, say, the UK, as, as, as you've mentioned, where we do get some quite uh, extreme, uh, extreme swings and it can have a, and have a bigger move. But, yeah, look, I think it's fair enough to say that... Um, the absence of uh, any any surprises, good and bad, quite frankly, is something that is largely welcomed by, by the markets. Well, let's hear from Maximilian Kunkel, ultra-high net worth investment strategist in Zurich. Next, Max, good to speak with you, as always. And indeed, just a few short weeks after we previewed the elections, here we are, you know, a few days after... And in a sense, and this was the same remark I put to Dean, actually, we're we're confronted almost with more questions than answers, aren't we? I know it's often a long, drawn-out process politically in Germany, the formation of a government, but this seems like it's going to be, you know, on the longer side even of those recent ones. Absolutely. I mean, when you're looking back at the last 30 years, on average, it's taken 61 days to form a coalition post the federal election. Uh, Last time around 2017, there was 171 days. And given how close the result was and that we're most likely going to get a three-party coalition, which further complicates the negotiations, uh, we might well see a similar situation as we had in 2017. Uh, And Max, just before we get more into the economics, staying on the politics, as you mentioned, it was closer than predicted. And the the fact that we're less likely to get a left-leaning coalition, I mean, does this count, in your view, as a political surprise? It's not hugely shocking or anything, but it's not perhaps what we were expecting. Yeah, and I think also for the market it was important because really the the only instantly market-moving result would have been either an... SPD green majority that would have very quickly been able to form such a center left leaning uh, government, or in terms of three party coalitions, a high probability of red, red, green. So SPD, the Linke, and the Greens. Arithmetically, none of the two are possible. And um, that's why we're now more likely going into this longer process of forming a coalition. Yeah, and that grand coalition, I guess, will take, as you said, even longer to to agree. Very complex negotiations ahead. Does that change the fundamentals that we talked about last time, Max, which are that, you know, in terms of the investment picture, investors should keep their focus on some of these big prevailing moves, you know, climate change and reaction to it, uh, increasing digitalization throughout the economy. Presumably, whatever the makeup of the grand coalition that we end up with in the Bundestag, it's not going to make it any different in terms of how investors should play the play the landscape. 
You're spot on. You're spot on. So in our view, the market reaction in the very near term um, is likely going to be very muted. And we've already started to see that because the negotiations will take time. But ultimately, what we'll end up with, be it a traffic light or be it a Jamaica coalition, so either CDOC's U-led three-party coalition or SPD-led three-party coalition, is a bigger focus in terms of fiscal policy in terms of regulatory environment, as well as the political environment on making Germany smarter, more digital and greener. And that ultimately should see renewable developers, automotive companies tilting toward electric vehicles, semiconductors, renewable operators and industrials, the sectors most likely to benefit. And is there a case, I wonder here, Max, as well, to to say, actually, look, you know, potentially, therefore, the most interesting conversation might be more about where monetary policy is heading rather than having conversations about fiscal policy. Is there anything to that? I think it's the two. I mean, what we will be seeing in Germany is, in our view, a certain degree of fiscal expansion. So under a traffic light uh, coalition led by the SPD, we would deem a fiscal impulse of roughly 1%, which has to take into consideration also various compromises. Under the Jamaica coalition, it's likely going to be a little bit less. We're talking roughly 07 to 0.9%. But that is, in the context of Germany that had previously focused more on austerity, that is quite meaningful. Now, monetary policy is, of course, continuing to be the junior partner in all of this, not just in Germany, but also in other regions supporting fiscal policymakers to do what they want to do in terms of investments for the future by keeping costs for for them low. Now, one other thing that we we looked ahead prior to the the, the federal election, of course, Max, was the sort of European picture, whether that's looking at the euro specifically or kind of broader dynamics on the European stage. And it's really interesting that we enter this environment where, you know, there's a a Merkel-less German politics for the first time in, what, 16 years, which is is really interesting. Does the makeup of the coalition or any of the questions that we've already discussed here just now, does that give any hint as to what the conversation might be about Germany within Europe or German policy as regards Europe or or in terms of euro moves? Is it too early to see what the sort of knock-ons might yet be? It's probably too early to see, but generally uh, with a three-party coalition that we're most likely going to get, we have to look at two things here. First of all, all parties have a pro-European bias. And that underscores the credibility of the euro project. Now, Given that the FDP will most certainly be involved in one of the potential three-party coalitions, we're not likely going to see a very rapid move towards greater Eurozone fiscal integration. So we wouldn't be expecting, unless there's going to be a significant crisis, euro bonds or the EU recovery fund to become a permanent feature in the next few years. Generally, with regards to the euro, we think what's more important is growth, but especially interest rate differentials. Uh, In the very near term, growth differentials might favor the eurozone vis-a-vis the US, given we are now starting to see the positive effects from an opening up, which has come a little bit later than in the United States, of the economy. But as we're moving into 2022, we think that that growth differential is likely going to come down again. And in particular, interest rate differentials uh, should favor the US dollar again. So we'll be looking for a, a stronger US dollar as we're moving into 2022. 
And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle 24. You can listen again and find out more at monocle.com or catch up via your preferred podcast platform. The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24.